In the studio with me right now is Sam Gates, who's brought in a, um, as you can hear, sort of parcels of crinkly foil, which all look very promising because I have to confess right now that I'm absolutely starving. So <laughs> anything to do with something to eat is, is uh, definitely good news. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Sam Gates. Sam Gates cooks. She's also the MD of the UK's first food channel, Cardinal Network, responsible for launching it here in Africa. But she's also a consummate foodie. She's a consultant and a mum, which is how come she's just completed her first book called Food for Your Brood, published by Penguin Random House. And we were talking to Steve Connolly of Penguin Random House just earlier. How divine to have you with us, Sam. Thank you Thank very much. You. And thank you for bringing in food. Oh, if you knew how hungry I was, you would <laughs> hit the spot. So tell us a little bit about you. How did you come to be a foodie? Because I think that, you know, you weren't necessarily, I mean, you weren't necessarily designed to be a foodie uh, necessarily, but it was one of those things that came to you. Tell us a story. Yeah, well, my mum's my a caterer, actually. So she'd always cooked and she used to make wedding cakes and she used to do parties and things like that. So there's always been lots of food around the house. And my brother is also a big foodie. Um, and then I, I've always cooked, even when I was at university, I used to cook for all of the people in my in residence hall and things like that. And then I ended up working for a food channel, which was fantastic. And during that time, I used to write recipes and keep them. But I was working with amazing chefs all day long, celebrity chefs and incredible chefs. So I never said anything, but I just used to go home and write my recipes and cook for people and so on. And then a couple of years ago, I'd been talking about writing a book for ages. And my kids and my husband said, will you just stop talking about it and just do it? So I gave myself a month to put together a proposal and I wrote like crazy and I literally cooked like crazy, huh? cooked like yeah. crazy and tested recipes and so on and then I I literally went online and looked up um, email addresses for publishers and sent my proposal to literally just the submissions line at all these publishing houses and everyone said to me it's a complete waste of time you know they get thousands and thousands and thousands of submissions all the time and amazingly um, Penguin came back and said we absolutely love the book and we want to publish it so it's been a complete roller coaster ride since then. Well, for somebody who started the Carlton Food Network, I mean, what were they thinking not to accept <laughs> you? I mean, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand. But I've just been reading your intro here, and it seems like or you may not have had any formal training, but it's, mm -hmm. it's all about training your attitude. And it seems that you had a good attitude towards food, which is really what it's all about. Mm. Because when you were kids, um, you moved into the country, and suddenly there was this whole... Um, collection of people and everybody was in and out of each other's houses having steaming bowls of hot curry mm. so it was all it's, it's about your attitude isn't it it is and it's about being sort of enthusiastic and adventurous with food i think and you know i'm, I'm a mom and i cook a lot for for um, friends and families and so on and and uh, and i've got loads of cookery books and i got so fed up with only using one recipe from each book and so on and so that's why i started developing my own and putting them together and trying to do things that have got a bit of a twist to them um but are still doable and and that kids will eat so things that are not too fussy and sometimes I pick up cookbooks and open a page and think I'm never ever ever yeah. going to cook that. These are much more simple. I, As you said I'm not a trained chef, I'm a home cook. Um, so all of these things are really straightforward. It's interesting about the uh, lots of cookbooks where there's only one thing that you I've, yes. I've got a whole stack <laughs> of cookbooks and there's all, the one page just falls open at that yes. page because I know exactly where it is. Which brings me on to enthusiastic and adventurous and uh, clearly from what I've just said that clearly that's not my case because you know sometimes especially as a mum you just 
whatever. What have I got in the fridge? How much time have I got? Who's here? Who likes what? Who likes who doesn't? Yes. Uh, how do you manage to maintain your enthusiasm and adventurous spirit? Well, like most families, we still eat a lot of pasta. So, okay. so there's a lot of pasta, but we've got quite a lot of more interesting pasta sauces. So it's not just, you know, not just tomato and um, pasta. Although when they were little, like most families, there are times when that's all they would eat. Um, and then I, but I've tried to get them a bit more interested. And I've discovered with my kids that whenever they cook something, they would generally eat it. So if I involve them in the cooking process early on then they would often try things they'd be much more likely to try things than than otherwise and in fact I did a demo at the food show yesterday on sushi for squeamish kids and it was about how to get your kids into sushi and the way to do that or the way I found was to put cucumber in it or tin tuna or peppers and stuff like that rather than big slabs of raw fish which they just wouldn't touch and um, and getting them making the sushi and as soon as they started making it they loved it and now we eat sushi probably twice a week and I don't buy it, we make it. And my teenage son makes it from scratch for all of us now, which is great. It's a whole lot cheaper to make than to Much actually cheaper. go and buy. Yeah. The paradox of it is that, you know, what you've done here with this book is also, it feels to me like you've tried to make it accessible. We mm. see on your food network, um, you know, on your television uh, channel, on MasterChef, all these things, there's this, the paradox is that there's all this wonderful cooking, high quality home mm. cuisine going on. But at the same time, I, I think particularly in England, people are, you know, down the chippy, they're going to get takeaways because you can get all these wonderful takeaways yes. so easily. So there seems to be a... Um, Yes, but a mixed message going on. I here. think I think the thing is that it's so fantastic watching people who are brilliant at their art cooking. So I love watching cooking 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 programs as well. But um, but I wouldn't attempt a lot of those things. It's just too complicated. Um, so I'll watch a program like that, think it's fantastic, and then go home and make stuffed pepper or something yes. like that, which which I know will taste yes, great, I and I can actually do it. In here. Now, um, do, you know, could, I'm not suggesting that you hmm. put yourself on your own network, but. Do, you know, do you think there's room, perhaps, instead of fancy schmancy cooking, to have something super uber duper simple? I think there is, yeah. And it's as simple doesn't. That, the thing is also that simple doesn't have to be boring. You know, you can mm. make. You know, you can make interesting things. I mean, I do lots of lasagnas, but I do loads of different flavours of lasagna, for example. So, same principle, same construction, but just interesting fillings. I was experimenting with one this morning, which is fennel and sausage lasagna, which is great, and a ham and chicken and leek lasagna and stuff. So, you just make the, the simple things a bit more interesting. There's something else that you've done. Oh, here we are. It's, it's statement. You've got some very, very funny titles here. Statement spiral with peas, <laughs> spinach and feta, which is sort of, it's, it's not like a traditional green. Uh, cheese pie which is all very triangular and flight fluffy mm. pastry and all a bit intimidating you've done something pretty simple but you know I'm thinking even I yeah, very, very, very easy to make. And Talk just, us through that one. It's, it's literally, I love puff pastry, as, ev as everyone knows, it's just brilliant. Um, in fact, I've been testing a puff pastry recipe this morning as well. But, um, but the statement spiral is literally um, puff pastry filled with um, peas, feta and mint. Um, and you, fill it, you make it into a long sausage, put the filling inside, and then you curl it into a spiral so it looks a bit like a snail. And so you make something really simple, but it ends up looking really cool. A lot of my recipes have got quite fun names because I, I, it's, I, it's quite irreverent, my recipe book. So you, I've got things like courgette fritters that don't taste like old sponges, for example, because I'm so fed up of eating them, that, ones that did. So, so that's why the, the book is quite sort of, um, it's quite humorous in some respects and it's very honest. Is that also a way of getting children to eat their food? I mean, if they say, what's for supper? And you say, 
something that sounds seriously healthy, they're going to groan. But if you <laughs> spice it up a bit, just in, in the words, it yes. Sound we a bit we more had thin. with my with my kids. I remember they wouldn't eat um, often. Wouldn't eat peas, so we called them. I called them noisy peas for years. So we'd say I'd say we're having noisy peas tonight because that when you when you break them, they snap, and they quite liked them then because they were noisy peas instead of peas. So okay, so those are real <laughs> peas that come out of a pea pod. Yes, yeah. I, I, something of a purist, in, because I'm reading back to the statement spiral with peas, spinach, and feta. You say, um, what do you say about this? Is one of my favourite. Uh, I can't find where it is now, but something about peas being. I don't know if they're frozen peas yeah, or no, tin I, peas. I use or? I use frozen peas all the time. I love frozen peas. So, so in when I'm cooking, I love frozen peas if, for making things like soups and stuff like that, and for for things like the statement spiral, frozen peas are fantastic, and are actually often better. Why do you love frozen peas? Is it the flavour or is it the convenience? They're and are they, and or are they nutritious? Well, I think they are nutritious, but it's the flavour. It's they're very sweet, so it's a good thing for kids to eat because they're quite sweet. They taste like they're sweet. Um, and the other thing about them is convenience because they're they're basically cooked, as far as I'm concerned. I tend to I don't boil them. I tend to pour boiling water over them and then drain them. I don't even boil them, so that they're still very soft and tasty. And I believe that they are more nutritious than even if I you, think they they get they, they get they get to you a lot faster, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I've heard that as well. Is, how important is nutrition in in your opinion? And is it something I'm not seeing any sort of? Um, uh, there's no hectoring in the book. No. <laughs> <laughs> It, there's, it, it's, it is important, but it's, I, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a specialist in it, but, but I do believe in the kids eating healthy things. I do believe in making pasta sauces rather than buying them if I can, because I don't really like lots of sugar in them. Um, but I'm really not a parent who says you can't have this, you can't have that. In fact, this morning I was I'm recipe testing a uh, scones which are made with lemonade. So, I mean, you know, very unhealthy, but fun. Mm. <laughs> scones so, made with lemonade? Yes, which are quite fun. I haven't bought those today, actually, but... Um, but Question mark? Um, How do you make, make scones them very with light. Lemonade? Well, you make them with a bit of cream, a bit of lemonade, and um, then a bit of flour, and they become very light and bubbly, and they're quite fun and coloured. So I've done them with pink lemonade. So You've got um, all sorts of things, but I particularly like the smug oven bakes for time-poor cooks. <laughs> so, you know, it's just put it all in one pot and yeah. get on with it. And make it's it the day before or make it in the morning so that when you come back from work or whatever, you've, you can just stick it in the oven it's already done. Do you think we're in danger? I mean, how often do we hear, you know, in and out of the kitchen in two seconds flat and all, all this sort of thing, things that are very, very quick, quick. Do you approve of that? Or, or maybe perhaps when your children are a little bit older, you won't be having to rush mm. and, and do all these things. I don't know. I, I think, I mean... I, I still don't, it doesn't take very long to, to, to make pasta or rice or things like that. So, I, to be honest, I don't very often make TV dinners just because I don't really like them very much and the kids don't like them. Um, but I have got, you know, things that I can make quickly. We, we eat a lot of noodles um, because they're two minutes. Um, but we tend to not use sachets of seasonings. We'll put a bit of soy sauce and so on instead. So you can do quick things. They don't have to be um, processed or pre-made. I would imagine in your business, uh, thinking about television and food, which we've established is very, very popular, you must be on top of all the trends. How are, what sort of food trends, I mean, why we should need to be trendy about our food, but why wouldn't we? Because that's just how things are. What are we looking at? Which, in which direction is food going? The things that I just am seeing everywhere at the moment are spiralizers, which I haven't bought yet. Spiralizers. And a spiralizer is a, is a sort of little machine that you put vegetables into and it turns them into what looks like noodles. So you can put in, say, a courgette and turn a handle 
bit like an old-fashioned sausage machine or mm. something like that, a mincer, and out comes effectively courgette noodles or carrot noodles or things like that. So you're seeing a lot of those. I haven't bought one yet, but I'm going to because they look fab. Um, and a lot of people are, are buying dry-frying machines, which I also haven't tried, but they sound great. But the thing that I, I'm seeing everywhere in the UK at the moment, which I also saw at the show yesterday, is pulled pork. Pulled pork and pulled chicken and pulled, pulled meat, which is basically when you sort of cook it for so long that it you can literally pull it apart. It just falls apart and it is fabulous. So you can put a bit of pork shoulder in the oven and it cooks for hours. You have to cook it for about six or seven hours on a very low temperature. But when you take it out, it literally falls into your hands and it's just heaven. <laughs> Which brings me back to the nutritional thing. I don't. Mm. I mean, certainly with vegetables, if you overcook them, you mm. you might as well throw them away because they're going to do you yes. no good at all. Does the same apply to meat? Does it lose its value? If it's I think some cooked? meats do. I mean, I, I made the mistake of trying to do pulled pork with a pork loin joint once because I'd bought the wrong. I just was in a hurry and bought the wrong thing, and it was horrible. It was sort of it dried up, and the reason you use pork shoulders is lots of fat in it, and over a long period of time, the fat basically melts away, and you're left with very moist meat. So yes, you can. I mean, I've done some really horrible meals like that by accident. <laughs> Just going back to your mother's legacy because mm. she was a caterer. Do you find, and, and you spent all this time sort of, you know, sneaking downstairs when the parents were having dinner parties mm. and checking out what they were up to and what they were eating and how she was cooking. Do you find that your cooking um, pays tribute to her again and again or do you think, gee, you know, she used to do this terrible thing with and now we do mm. it so differently? I, I actually think that, funny enough, I do a lot of very similar things to the things that she did. Um, I mean, she really, she really was doing curries and things way before lots of her friends were and stir fries. We were eating stir fries. Um, I remember someone coming back from school who'd never, who'd never seen a stir fry before and wouldn't touch it. Um, so she was doing a lot of quite interesting things. But she, she likes a lot of the stuff I'm doing um, now. Um, or, although uh, she's not so keen on the sushi, but she likes the stews and the cakes and things like that. But in my book, there's, there's quite a lot of recipes of mums, actually, that I've nicked shamelessly because <laughs> um, they're so fantastic. And, uh, I mean, as you talk, you know, so very English. And w one of the th other things that's happened to food is it's become so fused. You know, once upon a time there was Indian and Italian and, or, you know, African and uh, Indian. Oh, well, I've said that. But it's so many different... Um, cultural types of food but you know things are becoming more and more blended as is the rest of the world do, from the point of view again of television and what people like to see do they like to see it's of a particular culture you know are we, are we going back that way or are we merging more and more i think i think things are merging more and more and you can i mean you, just just the simple fact that you can buy most ingredients everywhere i mean when i first moved to cape town which was sort of 12 years ago there are lots of things you couldn't buy you can now buy absolutely everything here it's fantastic um and it's really adventurous i went out a couple of nights ago to a sushi place but they were doing tapas japanese tapas which is a new thing again absolutely delicious so i think it's it's all fusing but it's great i mean sometimes it can go horribly wrong if you really overfuse food but generally if you get it right it's fab yeah in terms of south african food what's your um what's your take on south african food i mean we, we're pretty good certainly here in cape town we're pretty good at uh, we've got great ingredients so you know if you're lucky enough to be in an area where the ingredients are good we've got the good stuff what do you think of South African food person? I think it's amazing and I think um, you know being between Cape Town and London um, you know I'm constantly disappointed when I go back to London because the Cape is just so incredible the restaurants are amazing the scenery is fantastic the standard of cooking is amazing I, I like some of the traditional dishes um, I love Malva puddings I like babuti my kids 
adore biltong. Whenever we go back to the UK, we have to take biltong with us. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. And yes, the ingredients are stunning. Well, let's talk a recipe. We've got to just a minute or two just to find out. You've brought something absolutely yummy yes, can here, I tell which you is what too I've sticky got? and divine. <laughs> so I've bought, this is, uh, as I said, I was testing a few recipes. I've bought you something which is called, these are called cheap chocolate brownies. Mm. Um, and they're called cheap chocolate brownies because um, they are made with just bog-standard supermarket chocolate. A lot of brownie recipes insist that you have to have 70% cocoa chocolate and things like that, which is very expensive. I don't really think it makes that much difference, mm. to be honest. These are made with basic um, chocolate, and they're all made in one pan. The other thing is most brownie recipes will insist that you that you melt the chocolate with the butter over boiling water and all that sort of stuff, which is not so great if you want to do it with kids. This recipe is done all in one pan, and you just melt the butter and chocolate in the pan and e add everything else into the pan and pour it into a tin, and it's done. Well, aren't I the lucky one? And poor <laughs> Derek is looking a bit bleak because he's doing the banting thing, so <laughs> oh, no. no chance of him even looking at it. We just have to keep it away from him. Um, is that recipe in the book? Um, it isn't, no, but I, I will put it on my website. Okay, yes. oh, yeah. well, cue your website, yes, which, which is? Which is, um, which is, brood, uh, which is food for your brood okay. uk. So I will stick it on there today. Foodforyourbrood.co.uk. Do yeah. you have on your website, do you have one that everybody goes to? I don't know if you can check this. Um, no, I have. I've, the website's fairly new, so I'm just I'm literally getting things going, and the book has just has literally just come out. So I'm so I'm coming rushing around trying to get everything else done to support it. But but I'm going to put a few recipes on there this week because also I did sushi at the show, so I've promised that I'll put that one up there as well. Okay, well you can't we can't possibly yeah. let you just quickly. Oh look at those, and those are so this is this is um, uh, blueberry and almond tray bake, which is another one which is all done in one pot. I'm very keen on things being done in one pot, so there's not too much too many wash, too much washing up to do. And um, again, very simple, and you can make it with pretty much any berry fruit. I've done blueberries because that was what I found first in the supermarket. What is it? Blueberry and almond tray bake. Tray bake. Yeah. Whole new language, isn't there? Is that in the book? <laughs> nope, no. It's also new. Also going <laughs> up. I just bought new ones in today. Excellent. Well, you've got <laughs> options now, guys. You can either you can do one of two things. You can buy Sam's book called Food for Your Brood: Cooking for the People You Love, and that's published by Strake Lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Or you can check our website, which is foodforyourbrood.co.uk. You will find plenty of inspiration, and I'm sorry for you that you're not able to enjoy some of these yummy things that she's brought in with us, in, with her. Lovely, Sam Gates. It's been really fun, and very best of luck it's with all of uh, all that you have ahead of you. And uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Keep I up really the happy it. cooking. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks a lot. Sam Gates, and uh, what did I say? She cooks. Yes, she cooks up a bit of a storm.